0: Where are you?
1: I'm. I'm actually uh, in the office here in, the, in Lisbon. Flag. Aloha and welcome to SUP FM, the
0: podcast for stand-up paddleboarders everywhere. So, with no further ado, let's get
1: out on the water and on with the show. Here are your hosts, Nick and Simon.
0: Welcome Franz also to SUPFM, it's
1: great to have you on the podcast. Yeah, hi Nick, thank you, it's nice to have yeah, you, thanks uh, for- to, to be invited.
0: Oh, it's great to because you know, cause you're just freshly back from your world tour with <laughs> yes. uh, with Bart to Swipe. So, how are you feeling? You must be a bit tired by <laughs> <now>. <laughs> Yeah,
1: really tired, but uh, yeah, it's been an incredible experience. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm just, yeah, I look back and I just see three weeks of total madness. It was really cool, I liked it. so. Can't complain.
0: <laughs> so, what was the maddest part?
1: Well, you know, so much traveling, so much seeing, so many inputs, you know, we, we literally saw the world for SUP in, in three weeks. So, yeah, it has been pretty pretty full of, uh, of, uh, of uh, visually attractive moments. Uh, I mean, as a photographer, it was really like, a, I, I feel like a hangover. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm sure, because I, I think briefly you went to. Just correct me if I'm wrong. It was yeah, was Yap yeah. in Micronesia, exactly. and then somewhere in India.
1: Uh, well, we switched to to Nepal, and actually it was kind of uh, kind of weird. We decided to go to Nepal like a week before the the trip started, and actually you know uh, we 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 experienced the the earthquake there. It was a pretty, pretty tough experience. Never experienced anything like that in my life.
0: Well, were you actually there when the earthquake yeah, started? Yeah, and,
1: yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So
0: that's horrendous. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so I mean, there were how many people were killed? There were tons of people killed, weren't there? Yeah, in it earthquake? was. It was
1: pretty. I mean, it was pretty bad. I mean, uh, in certain areas, the the situation was pretty dramatic. Um, I think the count. I don't know exactly the, the latest counts, but it got stopped like a five or six thousand people died, oh, yeah, sure. so um, yeah, it was pretty bad, um, actually, you know, we, we were lucky to be in an area where no big damage uh, occurred, but still, I mean, uh, we, we travel for the whole country, we've seen all sorts of situations, and um, yeah, it was, was pretty touching in a way, to see, yeah, sure. to see all this. Uh, this
0: is- mm-hmm. You see lots of people without homes and losing families. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But where did you paddle in Nepal? I mean, have they got a lot of rivers and lakes?
1: Um, Yeah. I mean, uh, actually, uh, the Himalayas, uh, you know, are full of water. Uh, There's obviously a big basin that is uh, channeling water to many rivers. Uh, Most of them start as, as very small rivers, white water. And then uh, you know they get bigger and also mellower. Uh, We actually uh, paddled down a river in a very remote valley. I mean, very few tourists uh, have been there. At uh, at every village, people were just uh, looking at us as aliens. Uh, It's been a very interesting experience for me. Uh, I didn't expect anything like that from Nepal. I, I thought it was already done you know it was already exploited actually you still find very remote corners has been very interesting yeah
0: so your main mode of transport through nepal did you start at, at point a and then paddle down a river to point b yeah actually what exactly yeah
1: i mean uh, um in the well, obviously we, uh, we we flew to um to Kathmandu. and in Kathmandu, we moved to uh pukhara just to Uh, see this uh, um, this lake Uh, has been uh, it's been nice I mean it's it's a lake with a a very important temple so we've been uh, visiting this temple by the lake and then uh, um, that's where the earthquake uh, uh, struck I mean we were there in Pokhara uh, at the riverside uh, riverbanks and actually everything started shaking so badly really I mean we were looking at the buildings in front of us uh, let's say 30-40 to 30 40 meters distance and uh, we literally thought that they were about to collapse because they were shaking so badly uh, actually you know we were lucky that nothing happened and um, did you know it was an earthquake well uh, you know uh, <laughs> it's pretty obvious I mean everything everything starts shaking really badly you, know, you feel uh-huh. like your legs uh, are uh, you, you, you don't feel you don't feel stable on the ground anymore for sure and um, Actually, what we didn't know is that um, it was so bad in other locations. So it took us like a couple of hours to realize that. I think our families uh, back home, my family, Bart's family got worried because uh, the news were really quick to get to, uh, to Europe and to US. So uh, actually, yeah, <laughs> uh, we, we got on the phone like a couple of hours later and everybody was already very worried about uh, our, our situation, but everything was fine, so there was no no big problem for us. No, actually, in the whole region, uh, it was everything was under control. Very few uh, houses came down. Um, as we moved back to to Kathmandu days later, we we found uh, a different situation. There was really really bad. I mean. Uh, very tragic situation sometimes. So that was really, yeah, something, something that was was a was a kind of uh, sad uh, sides. I mean, uh, we have been trying to uh, to help as we could, uh, and certainly the best thing we thought the uh, we thought doing was uh, trying to donate or to, to call people for this action because uh, yeah, the, the situation was was very tragic. What we saw was was not uh, very.
0: Sure, yeah. but as a photographer, I mean, what is your, f- as a photographer, your first instinct is probably to take photographs of this tragedy, right? Yeah, how I
1: mean, did you feel? Uh, um, the first day, uh, actually, we didn't change uh, much our attitude. We, we were in a, in a place where nothing really happened, so um, we were lucky to be to be okay, Um basically we just carried on uh, uh, our plans. As, as everybody there I mean nobody uh, showed any, any sign of, uh, of madness there. I mean uh, they, they came back to their houses. Uh, it was pretty, it was pretty normal the, the whole situation. Uh, two days later, uh, after being paddling down the river for two days and sleeping in a tent so uh, totally uh, isolation, total isolation. We, we, we moved to Kathmandu and there, you know, we were expecting a, a bad situation. That's what we, what we got. Actually, that's where I, I really started to try to document the whole thing. Uh, some of the pictures uh, well, really show very, very, very tragic situations. People like digging uh, uh, probably what, what is, was, was the remains of their houses. Um, so, yeah, it was really bad. Uh, some of these pictures I hope that can be a kind of uh, let's say kind of testimony for for what we've seen for what happened there even on the uh, SUP magazines I think uh, it's good to remember what happened
0: sure absolutely yeah so I mean I think as a photographer taking photographs of such incredible um Incredibly sad situations. It must be quite difficult, whether you whether you put down your camera and help people, or you or you stand by and you take images, because I mean, because both can help yeah, in their own yeah. way.
1: Actually, you know, we 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 arrive in these uh, in these uh, more affected areas uh, two days uh, after the earthquake, so uh, there was no real uh, emergency in terms of you know um, anything that could be done. Uh, by us, you know, there was no nothing that we we could really do uh, in first person. I mean, there were rescue teams, there were yeah, for sure lots of uh, uh, Red Cross Red Cross teams already arrived from from Europe, and so I thought that uh, uh, it was more like a, a personal uh, help sometimes, maybe just uh, you know giving uh, uh, some uh, little money to. Uh, some guy that's just uh, lost his house or you know trying to, to to provide some help or just a few words I mean uh, anything uh, anything helps in those situations uh, we, without being uh, on the first uh, row like uh, without mm-hmm. being uh, uh, involved uh, as, as those people the professionals who are there to, to rescue are involved of course hmm Okay,
0: so this was the second leg of your trip. Yeah. Can we just chat a little bit about about Yap uh, in Micronesia? Because I've never heard of that before until I saw <laughs> I saw the fact that you were going there. Yeah, so say for
1: me. <laughs> how did you How did you find it? Uh, that was actually um, Bart uh, Bart' suggestion. Uh, we were looking uh, for some place in the, in the Pacific. Uh, Bart knows the Pacific very well. He has been sailing uh, there with a the sailboat. Um, you know, he he did a around the world trip. He's been sailing for three years around the world, so he knows very well uh, the South Pacific. He was looking for a place, uh, um, let's say, kind of uh, remote in the in the North Pacific, uh, some place where no many flights were uh, arriving per week. Um, so I think it just it just went uh, on on a map like uh, uh, one of those uh, interactive maps of uh, United Airlines and trying to to understand where to go. Um, actually, what we found there is uh, is a place that uh, certainly has a very um, interesting uh, uh, cultural background. The most interesting thing for me was to see this uh, Polynesian uh, culture that. Uh, still stick to very traditional ways of living. Um, right now, uh, the, the, the whole country, uh, Micronesia, I think uh, it's on the verge uh, between the old ways and the new ways. Probably the outer islands are still very traditional, while uh, the, the capital cities, you know, are uh, already pretty modern in a way. But Yap is really at the verge, and uh, what was really interesting is to see that, uh, for example, they have this stone money, uh, which is pretty, pretty interesting. I mean, uh, imagine they use like oh, a stone money, stone money, a stone
0: money. Yeah, okay. they
1: use like uh, these big stones. I mean, uh, they can be two, two and a half meter in uh, in diameters. Uh, so it's it's about I don't know, maybe it's about uh, two tons, three tons. I mean, uh, a stone like that, and that's that's your currency. And they move that around? Actually, they don't move that around that much. But uh, if you wanna buy a piece of land, uh, or imagine you marry somebody, you know, that's that's a gift uh, you give to to the family. Uh, you know, in certain situations, they still use that. It's a it's a currency that uh, they use for their more, their affairs, you know, the more the most traditional affairs. The most the more traditional. Uh, things so when okay. it comes to uh, paying uh, uh, something to the next village to the next tribe, they use this uh, uh, this weird way of uh, of exchanging money. And I just think buying a Coke with a two-ton
0: piece yeah. of rock might be a bit crazy.
1: Yeah? <laughs> no, for that, for, for that they use US dollars. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> How did you guys get to Yap? Uh, was it quite a quite an involved route in flying? Yeah, and I flight? mean
1: uh, uh, Bart, uh, um, Bart and I just met in uh, in Tokyo, and uh, then from Tokyo we we flew to Guam. Uh, which is, uh, you know, U.S. territory. And then from yeah. Graham, uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty close. I mean, it's just uh, one and a half hour. Uh, the problem is that there's only two flights per week. So, uh, actually, uh, we, we we got uh, one flight canceled because uh, it was full. So, we had to move the whole thing uh, three days. And um, actually, the, the most uh, interesting thing when we arrived at the airport was seeing... Uh, all these uh, boxes full of uh, we, didn't, we didn't know what, you know? and uh, actually we realized uh, later that it was uh, uh, they, they call this uh, betel nut, you know, it's this kind of, uh, uh, oh, like a drug, yeah, this kind of drug that is really popular that everybody is chewing this the whole time, the whole time, literally, I mean, we ask, when are you not uh, chewing this? Ah, just when we eat or when we sleep, so <laughs> it's really, so did you try it? Uh, we, we, we tried the, the betel nuts, but we didn't try the combination of betel nut plus um, uh, calc. Uh, i just call that. Yeah, calc, the one that you use for whitewash uh, walls.
0: Okay, chalk. chalk yeah, 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 chalk. Yeah, chalk.
1: And, yeah. Uh, and uh, another leaf that they have there. So the whole combination of the three ingredients makes this uh, narcotic. The Biddle Nut Pro C is, uh, is okay, you can, you can eat it, uh, but it's, it's apparently the whole combination, and um, it's very uh, corrosive, so uh, everybody on the island have really big problems with their teeth, uh, it's really, really weird. Um, And actually, so
0: they're all walking around with broken teeth and and black teeth. Yes,
1: exactly, exactly, exactly. Uh, It's a very old tradition, and um, actually, it it persists even even if they know that it's kind of dangerous for their for their lives. They keep on doing that.
0: Uh, Well, I suppose it's addictive, and I think something similar happens in Somalia. I'm not sure if you yes. Did you experience that when you moved over to Ethiopia? Did you see anything like that? Or was it not prevalent there?
1: Um, Well, in Ethiopia, there's different kinds of narcotics. Uh, As far as I understood, there's some leaves they they chew on certain uh, uh, places, especially in the islands. Um, Ethiopia is is a very diverse country. I wasn't expecting. I knew that it was big and diverse, but I wasn't expecting anything so dramatic. From uh, uh, Addis Ababa to, to the Omo Valley, the place we we have been to, you pass through several uh, very different uh, landscapes. You know, kind of desert-like landscape, then high lush mountains, uh, then kind of savanna uh, landscape. It's pretty. It's pretty diverse. So. Uh, as the landscape is diverse, the the uh, culture are very diverse. Uh, many mm-hmm. different tribes, many different uh, habits. It's it's a it's a very uh, it's a very interesting country. Yeah.
0: And where did you paddle there? Did you paddle in the Great Rift Valley? Or? Yes,
1: exactly. Um, basically, there's this uh, uh, river which is uh, um, on the on the Great Rift Valley. And um, is, um, is a river where you you find a, a very big um, a variety of, uh, of people living. So uh, in, a, in a 70 kilometer span there is actually 15 different tribes that almost don't have any any contact between each other, have totally different uh, uh, ways of living, totally different habits. So it's a very condensed uh, anthropologic experience. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: it's amazing. I mean, it's truly diverse from yeah. Indonesia to India. Absolutely. To, I mean, Absolutely. sorry to Nepal. To, uh, so what I mean, when you're selecting a, um, equipment for this trip, what what boards did you choose?
1: Um, Actually, you know, we got we got we got the right boards for this uh, uh, for this trip, you know, uh, the inflatables that starboard uh, uh, produces you know, in very different uh, varieties you now, <laughs> tons of models. Are really are really handy when, when it comes to, to travels like this um, Bart and I have been uh, been doing already already three, three travels uh, with inflatables uh, I mean I love it uh, really uh, two years ago we've been traveling around Europe just buying uh, one of those uh, rail passes uh, you know seeing the whole European uh, Union in uh, actually eight days. Uh, wow! Yeah, it's something that you know I couldn't uh, have imagined when I was a windsurfer. Uh, you know, it's something that uh, just gives you uh, an incredible freedom. I mean, uh, um, the fact. So why is that? Just because of the
0: portability of the of the. Yeah, of the mean, incredibles. The
1: portability is, uh, makes makes the whole difference. You know, and then you arrive on the spot, you pump up your board, and uh, another world of possibility uh, opens up. You know, you can. Uh, Pedal everywhere. Suddenly, you're just not a tourist, but uh, you're something more. You know, uh, actually, yeah,
0: you're deeply immersed in the culture exactly. you, from you the know, water. It's,
1: um, it's a total different approach. You know, people uh, just um, yeah, they, they they choose to be uh, to be scared. You know, they start uh, connecting with you in a totally different way. You know, the fact that you use uh, such a simple mean of transportation. Makes the whole communication uh, between you and the natives much easier, uh, much more natural. You know, uh, you let people try, you let kids play. Uh, even if you if you don't understand the language, you always find a way to communicate. It's really cool.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm always amazed when um, I'm paddling here in Portugal and I deflate my board and roll it up and put it in my back and then. People's eyes. I mean, even yeah. you know, that sort of. It's just unbelievable. Like, oh my God, that thing was hard one minute, and now it's rolled up. It's still not very common to see that. Yeah, Im-
1: imagine her. that in the middle of Africa, surrounded uh, yeah, uh, by uh, 35 kids. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> it must be crazy. Yeah, it is. So, so, what exact size of board did you select for this trip? Because as you know, a quick question, do you know how many how many different models Starboard has on their on the catalogue.
1: Ah, I now. should know that. Uh, actually, I don't. I mean, uh,
0: there must be hundreds,
1: hundreds. I'm sure. Uh, actually, I think there is more than fifty models, and each model comes uh, in uh, in four different constructions. So yeah, I don't know. It's it's hundreds of of combinations. Yeah, uh, okay. which makes uh, things. Uh, very uh, really difficult when you have to choose a board. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm kidding. Uh, the the good thing is that uh, um, you know Starboard really uh, puts a lot of effort in designing a board for everybody, for every need. So uh, you got a board for uh, yeah, for yoga, a board for fishing, a board for high performance racing, a board for touring, uh, a board for traveling. You know, uh, and you you have uh, I don't know how many models of inflatables. You know. Uh, I think wow, there must be around 15 different models what we have been mm-hmm. um, taking uh, with us uh, on this trip was uh, actually uh, Bart took uh, with uh, with him his uh, signature model uh, which is the touring uh, uh, 14 uh, feet um, yeah, it's a very fast board uh, it's a very fun board for flat water uh, it, do
0: you recall how wide it is
1: uh, is it? I think it's 31 or 30. Yeah, okay. uh, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. 30. I think it's 30. Yeah. And um, yeah, it has all the all the uh, the nice features that you you want to have when you go on an expedition. So all sorts of plugs uh, for uh, you have you have a uh, FCS plugs, you know, for your GPS or your GoPro. Uh, you got the Scotty plug, uh, you know, for fishing fishing ropes, and um, all sorts of uh, you know lines to attach uh, bags and stuff, gear. So it's pretty it's pretty cool. Uh, that's a good option when. Uh, it's actually okay. the board that uh, Bart has been designing for his uh, expeditions.
0: Okay, right. So it's got a lot of his input. And and you, what board did you take? Did you just take an exact same copy of his board? Uh,
1: no, actually actually we decided to take. Uh, two different uh, boards, um, because we wanted to be more flexible, you know, in case we needed uh, another kind of board. And um, so actually I've been taking a a drive, which is a very versatile design. Uh, It's actually a smaller board. It's uh, only Um, 10.5. It's very good because, uh, you know, it's a a good uh, board to to use as an all-rounder. Uh, still it's, uh, it's maneuverable enough uh, to take some little waves if you want. Um, yeah, it has been, a, it's been a very good choice. I was very happy with it. Uh, we
0: but can you take any kit on that? Sorry. Can you take any equipment on the ten five?
1: Uh, yes I did. Um, actually when we paddled down, down uh, the river in, uh, in Nepal, uh, we had all our gear with us, so actually we were pretty, pretty loaded. Uh, I had uh, all my camera equipment. I had my laptop. Uh, we had our tent. Uh, plus, yeah, all the all the clothes we've been uh, bringing with us for these three weeks. So, <laughs> wow, okay. Yeah, I, it was. A- I was pretty worried at the beginning, you know, to to, to pedal down. Uh, uh, a river in a uh, white water river in Nepal with my laptop on the board. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, eventually nothing nothing bad happened.
0: Okay, so it was Micronesia, Nepal, Ethiopia. What was the fourth stop? The fourth Africa? stop
1: was uh, Istanbul, Turkey. Um, oh. Actually, uh, yeah, we, we looked at the map. Uh, it, was, uh, it was a stopover for us anyhow. Uh, you know, the final destination for this trip was the uh, ISA uh, World Championships in uh, Mexico in Sayulita. Mm-hmm. So um, Turkey was so uh,
0: Istanbul was on, yeah, the, way, it was on right? the
1: way, yeah, was on the way, and uh, we we thought, oh, why not? I mean, uh, I know I know Istanbul pretty well. I know that it's, uh, it's an amazing place for uh, all sorts of uh, of uh, you know. Pedaling, uh, pedaling sports. Uh, of course, of course, it's not really widespread because it's not allowed probably to, to pedal there. But uh, it's not allowed. Yeah. So did you get any
0: police <laughs> coming up to you and saying? It's, a, it's Oi. a
1: very busy, you know, it's a very busy um, place for uh, for ship uh, ship. How do you call that? Ship navigation. Ship yeah, ship yeah, shipping.
0: Shipping traffic.
1: Uh, so you got all sorts of ships from. Uh, from oil tanks to, to big uh, cruise ships, so it's not uh, it's not the place you wanna you wanna mess around with your with your board. <laughs>
0: but uh, but it sounds like a good place for some photo opportunities with the oil Absolutely, tank.
1: Yeah, you know, the the old city is really yeah it's really amazing. I mean, uh, you get this very iconic uh, skyline, you know, with the Hagia Sophia, uh, mosque, the blue mosque. I mean, it's really uh, it's really nice. And um, actually, you know, it's uh, it has been easier than what we thought. I mean, we, we found some little spots uh, while walking uh, uh, on, the, on, the, on, the, um, on the banks of the Bosphorus. Uh, each uh, now and then we found uh, uh, some good place to pump up our boats and jump in the water. So it's been, it's been nice, a yeah, very, very cool uh, two days stop in, in Istanbul.
0: Okay so two days and you you went for like one long paddle each day.
1: Uh, yeah exactly. I mean uh, first day we we been uh, yeah we been paddling in the in the Bosphorus. Uh, and then second day we, we moved to the, to the Asian side and uh, we paddled there uh, um, yeah we had some really nice pictures uh, taking uh, at the golden hour and our know, sunset with the whole skyline. Of old Istanbul in the back, so yeah, it was pretty pretty cool moment.
0: Sounds amazing. And then suddenly, boom! You're in the middle of Mexico and 82 yeah. <laughs> with this crazy ISA worlds going on. That looked like such a party from the videos we saw. Uh,
1: yeah, it was actually a really really nice event. I mean, um, I think um, I think it was the best uh, ISA uh, World Championship so far, as far as I understood from from the people who have been. Uh, uh, attending the other the other world championships in the last uh, years um, very nice vibe the, the whole village was just full of competitors uh, it was pretty nice because you know it's a very small village um, again uh, uh, pretty traditional i mean uh, there's a little tourism uh, i mean starting in a way but uh, it's, uh, it's a really nice place to, 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 to organize a, a, an event like that because actually you're sure to meet uh, uh, other competitors, other friends while walking down the streets. So it's a, it's a perfect place for, for an event like that. And this year mm-hmm. was pretty big. I mean, uh, probably, uh, you know, it has never been so big. I mean. Um,
0: Is that because all the US guys decided to come? Yeah,
1: uh, also the guys from Oahu was the first time there was an hawaiian team and uh, you know names like uh connor baxter's lineage fights uh more freighters i mean these are the guys uh, that everybody is uh, looking at you know these are the, the, the superstars of the uh, uh, of the svp world so it's nice that uh, they all join uh, an event like that you know um in, in the previous well, years
0: it does Absolutely, it gives it so much more credibility when all the professionals come down to to support the ISA. So, what's the word on the street about the ISA getting SAP into the Olympics now, after this event? Um,
1: I think there is very promising. uh, Yeah, the the future looks looks bright for SUP in the Olympics. Um, Mm -hmm. The president of uh, ISA uh, has been um, has been meeting uh, with different. uh, Different uh, athletes. So, with the with the committee of athletes, uh, Bart was there as well. Uh, you know, they've been they've been talking a lot about uh, uh, how to do this, how to uh, make a credible proposal uh, for the Olympic Committee for 2020. I mean, uh, that's what they they are aiming to. Uh, so, that the whole uh, the whole efforts are basically. Uh, Towards 2020, uh, so which is going to be okay. in Tokyo. So uh, maybe if everything goes uh, goes well, we will have um, stand up panel in Tokyo, 2012 uh, Olympics. Great.
0: And any word on when, uh, where the next Worlds will be in 2016?
1: Uh, not yet. Um, no, I didn't hear anything about that. Uh, I don't okay. know if they already have some uh, some candidates. Um, I don't know what to expect. Uh, he has been uh, held in uh, South America for a while. I don't know if he's going to move out of South America or stay there. Actually, uh, uh, you know, South America is pretty is pretty amazing for stand-up paddling. I mean, there's such a such cool uh, um, attitude around this port. I mean, everybody is so excited. You know? So many surfers uh, get into stand-up paddling. Um, there's a really uh, cool uh, uh, approach I mean um, there's no bias uh, against the uh, stand-up uh, it's very it's very nice I liked it
0: yeah it's amazing you say that because we interviewed um, Anthony Huigmes from subtrotters.com yes. and and he's got about 2500 of us on there and uh, and the major the major contributors are all Brazilians so he's oh, yeah. by far the biggest. Um, yeah, the most popular. Brazil,
1: Brazil has, a, has, a, has a pretty amazing uh, surf culture. I mean, it's it's interesting because uh, you know it's a country with yeah okay they they have a nice uh, waves, but it's not like uh, I don't know Portugal or not like Hawaii. Uh, I mean, uh, mm. I've been traveling there a few times and uh, I never found those perfect conditions that we we can find here in Portugal, for example. But still, I mean. They they really rip on every wave, you know, uh, on, a, yeah. on a on a on a daily basis. Uh, you know, if you find uh, uh, waves around uh, two feet, I mean, uh, the whole lineup is full of people ripping on these two feet waves. It's, <laughs> it's, crazy. it's crazy, you know. I think I think they get so well uh, in in competition. They get so good in competition because they train on uh, on any condition, and they're very competitive. So. It's it's a good mix for 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 a sport to grow and stand up has been has been growing there in such an amazing way. I mean, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. You you find the uh, stand up paddlers communities in the middle of the country in the Amazon. I mean, you find them in Brasilia far from the sea, I know, a thousand miles from the sea. Uh, of course, the whole coast is full of uh, subsurfers and uh, uh, also bah, like just recreational uh, paddlers. It's very, is very popular. I think uh, you know it, it matches the the beach, the beach culture that Brazil is uh, is uh, of course uh, you know spreading around the mm. world.
0: <laughs> cool. And then you return to Portugal, which is obviously your home at the moment. Yeah. correct? yes, it is. And how do you, you've witnessed the growth of stand-up paddle in Portugal? How, how do you how do you think it's going?
1: It's going steadily. It's going. Uh, Sometimes beyond my expectations. I mean, uh, I started. Um, I got into stand-up paddling in 2009. Uh, back then, I was I was a windsurfer. I've been uh, competing a couple of years in uh, the PWA, so the Windsurf World Cup. And actually, uh, I just moved in 2010 to Portugal. And as I moved to Portugal, I was really one of the of the few guys. Uh, uh, you know, on the lineup with the stand-up pedal board. I mean, I remember being uh, maybe surrounded by two, or three, or four stand-up paddlers uh, on the busy days. Uh, now, you know, in some spots, you know, on the on the weekend, you find 20, 25, 30 stand-up paddlers. Wow. It, Where's that
0: up in Gincho? Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, Ginsho, uh, the whole the whole district area. Uh, we got a spot Parid, which is uh, you know pretty uh pretty full of people right now with stand-ups it's good because you know it's kind of reference spot for everybody who is uh, starting to to get more into wave riding um i mean it's um portugal is a, is a, is a great country i mean a uh, perfect country for for stand-up i mean i'm really happy to to have the chance to to live here because beside uh, the great surf conditions You have so many options i mean so many rivers lakes i mean i'm I'm just discovering in the last uh, two years i've been traveling uh, extensively in the uh, in the interior i'm just discovering so many hidden places so many gems i mean oh me too i I, I love this place yeah i think it's just (laughs) um, just amazing Yeah.
0: yeah okay quickly can we just get a go over you had um Pre, two previous tours that you did, um, the one in Europe, yes. you managed to go to. Did you did you go to Venice? I yes, think. yes. Uh, and who was on that tour with you?
1: Um, yeah, I did that with uh, Bart, Bart Fart and uh, Connor Baxter. So uh-huh. it was it was really um, it was really cool. It was actually the first trip uh, I organized with uh, with Bart. Um, they were uh, Bart uh, Bart and Connor were both uh, in Europe for, for racing and uh, they had basically two weeks off, and instead of coming back to Hawaii, uh, we decided to, to travel around Europe for 10 days, you know, get these uh, train tickets, train pass, and just uh, yeah, hit, the, uh, hit the road. Uh, not not the, world, the, every- <laughs> the world, yeah. <laughs> I think on everybody's
0: bucket list as a stand up pedal, I don't know. I've heard a lot of people say that they really want to pedal in Venice, and yeah. I'm one of those people. I'd love to go there. So you've done it,
1: yeah. Right? We've done that. Uh, actually, uh, I heard that recently. Uh, Venice uh, banned uh, stand-up paddlers, but I I, I don't think it's a big problem, you know, (laughs) because it's (laughs) such such a labyrinth that uh, (laughs) uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You will will never get problems.
0: What do the gondoliers say when uh, when you paddle past them? Uh, Do they sort of spit on you or something?
1: Well, it it was really it was really funny because uh, some of them. We're kind of pissed because uh, I think that uh, they understood that uh, all the all the tourists on their gondolas were just getting so excited about that that they, I think that they must have thought <laughs> ah, now we are going to, to, to lose our jobs <laughs> 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 no but it was it was really it was really cool I mean uh, we got some some funny funny shots of uh, you know this Japanese tourist uh, really getting excited and taking tons of pictures uh, at the bar and corner yeah it was fun it was a lot of fun actually it was probably one of the most um, amazing locations i mean it's such a magical magical place venice is really it's really cool from if you see it from the perspective of a peddler it's probably the best place on her to to peddle you know?
0: yeah sounds incredible so uh, your photography career when did you decide to pursue it professionally
1: um, well, it was probably after I graduated, I mean, uh, I've, been, I've been taking pictures since, uh, since I can remember. I mean, uh, I remember my father uh, lending me his uh, old Nikons you know, when I was a teenager, I started taking pictures of everything and um, basically it was only after the, the, my graduation. I graduated in, uh, in architecture, so it had nothing to do with photography. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I started to take it more, more and more seriously, and I started to to get a few jobs. Um, and most of the jobs were uh, in the commercial photography, of course. You know, that's what uh, pays the bills. And sure. um, later on, I mean, uh, I, I was probably uh, lucky enough to to meet uh, stand up paddling at the right time because uh, I was uh, I was really into photography. But I really uh, understood that the stand-up paneling was about to open my, my, my world as a photographer because uh, the kind of experiences you, you can have on a stand-up pedal boards uh, are yeah, next to none. I mean, uh, uh, there's no other sport that uh, uh, allow me to explore uh, certain uh, uh, places, certain environments from, from such a unique perspective, so from such an original perspective. And so and when you're there you want to have a camera with you i mean i mm. I, I always for uh, there i want to have a camera with me so that that all thing started uh, started pretty naturally and um, eventually i yeah i started uh, documenting my my trips uh, um, i started uh, um, yeah nailing a few a few good shots for for a few publications and um, in 2012 as I recall yeah I I've been um, I've been lucky enough to, to join starboard for the annual photo shoot in Maui and uh, yeah it went very well they were really happy about what I did so it was a good uh, good way to start a very productive collaboration with starboard so
0: are you officially employed by starboard uh,
1: no it's uh, there's no such uh, engagement but uh, yeah, we, we, we I think that there's a mutual respect. Uh, so I like uh, working with them, with them, and probably they like uh, working with me. They've been pretty happy about uh, yeah everything uh, we did together. So there's a there's a very nice uh, relationship. Uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, it goes be it goes way beyond the professional relationship. I mean, uh, has been. It's becoming a kind of uh, second family to me and uh, I really have uh, lots of good friends there. It's a very nice uh, team and uh, I feel really, really lucky to, to work with such professional, such passionate people.
0: That's fantastic. So with, uh, as far as equipment goes, what's, what's your, photo, your, your photography? Do you use Canon or Nikon or something
1: else? <laughs> uh, I always use uh, Nikon. I mean, uh, I okay. don't know why. Well, I know why. Uh, my father <laughs> gave me a Nikon in my in my hands. Uh, never, I never moved uh, to to any other uh, brand. Actually, yeah, for 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 many for many jobs, especially those commercial uh, photography jobs. Uh, you know sometimes I have uh, different requirements. I rent uh, different uh, cameras you know, from whatever brand but uh, When uh, it comes to my personal choice. Yeah, always Nikon and
0: Waterproofness do you have a, um, a cage a, a casing that you yeah, did you use? Yeah,
1: yeah, I do have uh, actually on, on these trips when we, when we uh, Do this kind of trips? Uh, that involve uh, no no surf I tend to, to bring one of those uh, plastic uh, cases so it's much easier you, know, you can fold it it's much easier to carry it's much more lightweight um, and also you know um, when uh, when uh, on the sorry on the other hand when I have to shoot uh, in the surf I use a proper a proper case
0: Okay and GoPro's you use GoPro's. Yeah
1: of course I mean uh, I always bring a couple so of easy. yeah a couple of GoPro's you know you you want to, to give it to your uh, to your subjects you know for them to play around you use one for yourself it's it's a very fun uh, little tool.
0: Okay. Excellent. Well now Franz, it's been fantastic chatting to you. I just got one last actually two little questions. Uh, where to next?
1: Oh, ah, that's, that's a good question. Uh, I'm, actually, I'm actually planning, uh, uh, since a couple of months, a trip to the USA. It uh, has, uh, has been a dream of mine since uh, many years. I wanted to do the, the coast-to-coast. Actually, I never thought about doing the coast-to-coast with the SUP board, but it seems that uh, next time is, uh, this is going to happen. So,
0: Sorry, what's the coast to coast? coast, to coast in go uh,
1: route 66. Uh, yeah, I mean uh, we're still we're still looking at the at the actual itinerary. Uh, um, I'm going to do this over the summer, so it's basically going to be uh, a trip I'm going to do with my girlfriend. She's also into stand up paddling, so it's going to be it's going to be fun to go with her on this trip, and um, probably we're going to to meet up uh, some uh, reps from starboard in different places, you know, trying to get some uh, insights about uh, where to go paddling in the area. You know, we have a few ideas. Of course, the locals know better. So we will take uh, suggestions from them. Uh, definitely my my goal is to explore as much as I can, um, the freshwater uh, options that the uh, U.S. offers. I mean, there's so many breathtaking places to go paddling in the middle of nowhere in the us i mean uh, for sure for sure that is going to be uh, the focus of this trip and then eventually ending up in uh, on the west coast surf for a few days and then uh, go back home
0: (laughs) it sounds like you've created an unbelievable sub lifestyle (laughs) That's uh, well,
1: uh. you know, it like a uh, that, that's uh, that's the the nice thing about uh, stand-up. You know, you can uh, you can get so creative with it. I mean, it's a sport that really is a, is a liberating experience for me. I mean, I cannot uh, describe it in any other way. Uh,
0: I agree totally. Where can we find you online?
1: Uh, well, online you can find me on Instagram if you type in uh, Franz Orsi. Uh, same thing on uh, on Facebook. Um, I'm actually building up uh, a website right now um, which is going to, uh, to cover all my uh, little adventures from, from the big ones around the world, to the weekend uh, adventures. This is something I'm really putting a lot of uh, efforts in, uh, in right now. Really trying to, uh, to get out of the city, the city life with just uh, 60 to 72 hours. Uh, this is what uh, everybody can do, you know. Uh, even if you have a, a nine-to-five job, you can still find uh, a few hours over the weekend to just get lost with the SUP board. So the whole concept is, uh, is taking a board, a tent, and just go somewhere. Well, so, I love it. Absolutely. Yeah, incredible. I, I yeah. will let you know when. Uh, it's, it's fun, uh, and, yeah, as soon as the the website is up, I hope in a few weeks, like maybe three or four weeks, I will let you know about that.
0: Please do. That'd be great. We'd love to hear from you. And, uh, and Franz, thanks once again. It's been
1: awesome. Ta- thank journey. you for, for having me here. It's been a pleasure talking to you.
0: Thank you for listening to SUP FM, the number one podcast for stand up paddlers wherever you are. If you like what you've heard, please leave us a review on iTunes. Until then, we'll see you in the water.